It's amazing. You can be seated. It's great to be with you. A lot of new faces for me to see, which is awesome. It shows a great. Hi, Cyril. Wow, there's a there's a precious face right there. Wow. Anyway, we had such a good time last night at the pizza place. And um, so I just want to kind of share a couple of things just to kind of overview what we shared. But just thanks for being here today. There's a sweet spirit here today, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. So, um, so I'm, I'm working in Baltimore at our head church there, Greater Grace in Baltimore with Pastor Tom Schaller. And it's always good to travel and see growing churches. And uh, I, love, I love what God's doing here. And it's really, you can sense the presence of God. You can really sense the growth of God. And if you're new here, then you're part of something awesome because Christ is lifted up here and he is, he is the center. So uh, today we'll, we will celebrate that, okay? How you doing this morning? You all right? You all right? That was beautiful worship, wasn't it? Amazing. Okay, Father, bless our time today. Just thank you, God. Just we, We've come with hungry hearts. Uh, we're needy just to uh, see another glimpse of who you are. Lord, we just want to come in honesty today, just asking that you fill us, quicken us, strengthen us, and really may these words be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So the theme this weekend has been on discipleship. Hello, Solomon. Good to see you, too. Just starting to see people here. I go around the room, but we'd spend some time on that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to think about this thought about discipleship, and you know, when you start thinking about discipleship, you immediately start to think about activity, like roll up the sleeves, let's start to get to work. And uh, that's not what I want to focus on uh, at, at present, but I want to talk about what happens before discipleship. Because we've heard that message, we've heard about doing the work of the church, and I think there's a critical point before we understand activity, and that's really... It's really the glory of God. It's beholding him like we sang about today. Because if we don't start in the right place, our work will not go to the right place or it will not grow or will not be anointed. And when you think about scripture, uh, it's so clear that Christ is at the center. Amen. We're here because we want Christ, right? Because not all activity is progress. Not all, not all work is anointed. Not all work is something that's going to have fruit. So, like, when we think about our church, we think about our families, we think about our schedules, we think about our daily life, um, time is very precious, isn't it? Think about 168 hours in a week. How do we spend those hours? Well, we all have our schedules, and we all have our balances and our imbalances, right? We have the things that hijack our schedule and the things that ground our schedule. And you being here today shows that you are seeking to have Christ be that beautiful balance and that anchor. But when you think about discipleship and you think of this verse, uh, we, we really understand that we are learning Christ. Amen. We are here to learn Christ. We're not here to learn religion. We're not here to learn uh, anything else except what Christ has done. And then we lift him up and he draws all men. That's why we're here today. Amen. We lift him up. And we reach out to all men. We lift him up and we disciple all men. We lift him up and we are uh, mentoring all men. And we lift him up and we're mobilizing 
Amen. And we lift him up and we're, we're living in multiplication. We're duplicating uh, the work of Christ. And our nation, we're in such a crazy time in our nation. Uh, I've never seen this. Um, maybe um, we've seen hints of decline, but we are in such an important day to be Christ followers. Not just Christ professors, but Christ followers, right? The believer bears the image of Christ, right? But a disciple is one that follows Christ. And that's you today, if you're asking yourself, like, am I a follower of Christ? Well, you're here today. So, uh, and that, that's a beautiful journey, isn't it? It really is. So, when you think about the glory of God, and, and I want to kind of segue into something eventually, but this is an important point. The glory of God is the image of God. Each one of us have been uh, made in the image of God, right? Genesis 1.26. That's why you're unique. That's why you're significant. That's why you are very precious and beyond any value that this world could ever put on you because you are made in the image of God. When we look at each other, we are seeing Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's why we handle each other in love, right? That's why we handle each other in grace because why? Christ is in you. That's why in our world, the greatest thing that they need is to see the image of love, care, and grace, right? So when we think about that, let's look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, because the image of God is important as we walk out glory. And that's going to be the title of my message today if you're interested in that. Walking out glory, right? What does it mean to walk it out? We can speak it, but when you walk it out with somebody, it's very different, <clears throat> Right, and I have a I have a nine year old, and uh, that's an awesome thing, by the way. How many kid, How many people have kids here? Yeah, kids teach you a lot about the Lord, don't they? Yeah, they teach you a lot about <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> uh, they teach your limitations too. It's uh, incredible. Uh, so I mean, I tell my kid, my kid's name is Carson. My my son's name is Carson. So I tell him something, and then. But it's, it's one thing, you know, he processes it maybe, goes through one ear out the other. But it's another thing to walk it out, to walk with him, to walk shoulder to shoulder, to demonstrate it, right? So when we think about glory, and when you think about glory, there's a lot of words that can come to your mind, right? We were saying last night, the glorious sunrise, when you watch the sun come up, and that sun hits you in the morning and it's all the birds seem to wake up and the light illuminates and there's just this beautiful heat on your face and, and, and it's just an amazing illumination of, of God's creation, right? The sun, the sun is, every day shows us the glory of God, right? And um, we know that this glory, the perfection of Christ, the beauty of Christ is really discovered in the gospel, because glory always leads us to the gospel. Because the gospel is glorious, right? It's Christ. It's Christ making me or having us experience who he is. And really, discipleship is walking out that glory, you know. But activity and knowing what we should do and what we're not doing can kind of like cause us to be hard on ourselves and or miss the glorious gospel. So this is why this point is valuable before we get into our message today. It says here, for, for the God of this age has blinded who do not believe 
And we see that everywhere, don't we? Darkness is, is prevalent. Uh, but the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, think about that. The glory of God is the image of Christ. So if you're making cookies, right, you have the soft batter and you, you have a form and there's, there's something that it sits in and makes an impression and it's made in the image of the baker, right? That's a delicious example, right? Uh, it's the same principle. You are made in the image of grace. You are made in the image of mercy. You are made in the image of wisdom. You are made like Christ. And as we walk out that image, we have a ministry. All right, let me, let me just kind of develop this. If you want to look at John with me, John 1.14. So um, we know one of the key elements of discipleship is that it can't be of us, right? It can't be of us. We all have our way that we grew up, right? The way we've been educated, the way we have been, um, you know, our parents have influenced us and, and our environment has influenced us. But in discipleship, it's the glory of God. It's the glory of grace that changes us. I love that song we sang today, right? I speak Jesus, right? Over addictions, right? I speak Jesus over depression. I speak, I speak another image over a flawed image. I speak another name over a broken name, right? Like anxiety. Uh, in Baltimore, we are in a rough place, and it seems like our city is coming unraveled, but there's an answer to it. It's the glory of God. It's, it's a glorious message, right? And that's why there's hope for us, amen? Because no matter how broken we are, we are... Uh, we are being made into the image of God experientially. All right, so look at John 1.14 and uh, think about this. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So before we get busy for God, we must behold him. And I would say that's the main point of my message today. Because, and it's a simplistic message maybe, but to behold him is where we get our inspiration to serve him. We behold him, therefore we get our inspiration and strength to follow after him. <clears throat> we behold him, we study him, we look at him, we learn from him, we relate to him. And we say, God, I don't want to be a religious person. I don't want to be someone that is con conforming to my own idea of Christianity, but I want to be a, someone that is uh, that you pour your life into that pours life into others. Amen? So that's, that's what, that's what we, we, we want to talk about today, walking out glory, walking out glory. Because uh, John chapter 13 says, they will know that you're my disciples if you're perfect. Right? Does it say that? They will know if you're my disciples if you go to church 20 times a week, which is not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, they will know that you're my disciples if you have a religious lingo. It says that they will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And this is something you and I don't possess. Isn't that edifying? If you read 1 Corinthians 13, we can say we do not possess any of those beautiful words of 1 Corinthians 13. And one, one little line in 13.5 always catches me. Love thinks no evil. 
right? Do I think evil? Yes, I do, unfortunately. Do I, do I bear all things, hope all things, believe all things, endure all things? No, I don't. But the love of God in me does. That's the beauty of the gospel, is that when I behold that kind of love, that love changes me, and then all of a sudden, I'm interested in you, and and, and maybe another, right? Because that love, I'm learning a love for my wife or my husband or my kid that is beyond us. And this is the beauty of glory. It's glorious, right? Like a beautiful child. I remember when my son came into the world, I was looking at this little guy and I was thinking, this is an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift uh, of the glorious grace of God. So, all right, let's look at, um, I want to develop this a little bit more. Look, turn with me in Third John. Third John today. So I behold, and then there's a ministry. I don't know. I'm I'm a, a, acutely aware these days of like when it's me and when it's God. <laughs> you ever you ever wake up one day and you're just out of gas? It's like okay, Lord, this has got to be you, right? Or nothing's going to happen. Because if it's me, it's going to be a disaster, right? So when you think about glory, when you think about discipleship, I want you to think of these four things, okay? So number one, Jesus is the living image of glory. When you think about Christ, think about him. Romans 10.21 says his arms are wide open to Israel all day long, but they would not come. He was the living image. He said, I will pursue, I will love, I will heal, I will run after, I will do these things to reveal the glory of my Father. Right? I, will, I will show these things. We see that the Bible is the written image of God. When we read our Bible, right? think about that, our Bible, the greatest love letter, it's the written image. It's who God is. No wonder in our ministry we have such an emphasis on the Bible. We want you to know your Bible. Why? Because it's the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that dispels darkness. It's the truth that addresses demonic strongholds in our lives. It's the truth, the truth, the truth. And it's not something that brings us into bondage. It brings us into life. Disciples, and this is my another point I want you to catch today, the discipleship expresses the image of God. It expresses the image of God. Just like a mother with their son or daughter, there's great, or a father for that matter, there's great compassion, there's great love, there's great care, there's great concern. Uh, why? Because intrinsically we are born to care for our own, right? We are born that way, right? And we cultivate that. And then the believer is one that bears the image of Christ. So in this dark day, in this dark day, your light shines brighter, right? It does. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Your light and the light of the world, Jesus Christ in you, and the power of God in your life always impacts the darkness. Isn't that good? It always impacts the darkness. So I love this because we want to walk out glory. We want to walk it out, which means... If I'm fellowshipping with the image of Christ that we're born into, it's almost, like a, it's almost like a mirror. We look into the mirror, we see our natural reflection. I, I love this illustration. Um, I read this in the comics years ago, but 
A little cat looks into a mirror and the reflection is a lion, right? What is that? That's the image of God. That's the image of glory. We look into a 1313 of Corinthians. We look into a, a mirror darkly, but what's the reflection? It's the glory of God. You are God's glorious reflection. And this is what we need to see in ourself and other people. And this is why as, as the church grows and as the church reaches out, we are thinking like a church planter. We're thinking like a church planter. And we were saying that last night briefly. Um, and let me just read these verses here because I can just keep talking, but I'd rather read the Bible. All right, look at 3 John chapter 8. Are you there? Okay. Okay. Uh, 3 John Let's look at verse 5 through 8. It says, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. There it is. They bore witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went forth for his name's sake. This is our ministry right here, his name's sake. This is where we have the power. This is where we have the strength. Taking nothing from the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. Fellow workers for the truth. Now, when you think about work, I mean, I'm sure you work very hard, right? The average hours... Uh, is now no longer 40-hour work weeks. Now it's 60-hour work weeks. That's the average, at least in our parts of the world. Maybe in your worlds, right? Uh, in the church, it's even higher, actually. It's actually much higher than that. But we are fellow workers for the truth, which means the glory of God in our lives is declaring the greatness of God. That's our message. That's our message. And we are... Reaching out so that people will not only know that, but be followers of that. You know, so when we think about 168 hours in a work week, or in our work, actually in our, in our, in our week, I should say, how much of that is filled with whatever we do, right? We have sleeping, we have um, working, we have family life. <clears throat> and then if you look at the spiritual end of it, how about reading my Bible, prayer, and coming to church? Actually, if you break it up, it's, it's an interesting exercise. It'll kind of blow, it blew me away. I thought, wow, I am, I'm spending way too much time here and not enough time there, you know? And it's like, wow, Lord, help me not only be balanced, but be a fellow worker of the truth. And this truth, it helps us declare his greatness. Well, when you think about a church planter, and we've been doing that recently, <clears throat> we've been um, working in a new city in uh, in Maryland. And how, how does a church planter think? How does a church planter think? Well, we were saying last night, it's someone that has a vision for the area. It has maybe they are uh, they are just have a burden for people, right? They are someone that cares about bringing the gospel to that area. So when you think about the church, maybe you came today and you're thinking, I'm not really a church planner. I'm just someone that 
just wants to hear a good message and then get back to my life, right? But actually, this is how a church grows in walking out glory, is that we are thinking like a church planter, right? Now, there's a pastor, there's an assistant pastor, there's a team, which is critical to the, to the nature of a church infrastructure. But you play an awesome role as not only attendees or spectators, but you're participators. You're participators. And I'd like to give you an, an excellent illustration. I was studying about bees. Anybody know anything about bees? Anybody? Okay. You want to hear something? You want to hear some interesting stats about bees? So I didn't know this, but one tablespoon of honey, a bee has to go to 4,200 different flowers. Okay? For one pound of honey, they have to go to 3 million different flowers. Okay, now think about the bee for a minute. They are incredibly powerful uh, insects. They cross-pollinate. They go from flower to flower, and it actually helps the flower to grow. It actually causes the flower to survive, and it releases continual fruit and fertilizes the flowers. Okay. Now, I, I, I asked Google this question. I said, how many years could humanity live without bees? Right? If bees were totally gone, how long could humanity last before the, uh, the, the, the vegetables, the vegetation, and the flowers, and all that it produces is gone? And you know what they said? Four years. Four years. Now, I don't know if that's uh, something we can bank on or anything like that. But we can see the, vi the vitality and the, the vitalness of bees. So think about that. Uh, three million different flowers. That's a lot, isn't it? Uh, think about this. Bees will go up to eight miles to find nectar. They'll travel up to eight miles. Think about this for a minute. The next time you put honey in your tea, um, I mean real honey, not synthetic honey, but real honey, it's really precious. So every bee has a job. Every bee. So when you think about a beehive, it's a great way to look at the church, isn't it? You have the worker bee, you have the honey bee, you have the, the uh, uh, they call it the drone bee. And each one has a job. The worker bee is finding nectar. <clears throat> the queen bee is laying eggs. The drone bee is making honey or gathering nectar. But most bees spend their lives feeding other bees. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So each one of us in the church, we, are, we have a beautiful ministry. Yes, we behold his glory, and then we reflect or walk out that glory in one another. So that we see in Psalm 19.7 that the word of God is sweeter than the honeycomb, right? It is precious to God. It is the ministry that we have. And I think this is the hope we have in our nation is strong pulpits, active churches, reaching churches, uh, churches that walk out glory. So honeybees, right? The bumblebee. They say that the bumblebee, I'm sorry to give you a lesson on bumblebees today, but this is fascinating for me. They say that it is impossible, the size of a bumblebee in their wingspan, it's impossible for them to fly. Like it, God made them uniquely, right? 
And if you look at them, the wingspan is not big enough for, to carry the, the body of a bumblebee, right? But God made them for his glory, and they fly for his glory, right? It kind of gives them a great example for us. Maybe we're not much, and things really shouldn't be happening like they're happening, and maybe there's impossibilities. But God makes us a product and a demonstration of his glory. This is, this is the most beautiful thing that the world needs to see. They don't need another how-to message. They don't need a formula. They need to see the beauty of Christ. And what does that do? That breaks the chains of addiction. That breaks the, change, uh, the chains of a bad self-image. It breaks the chains of past sin and past issues. Well, uh, let's look at Acts 2.42 together. Um, so the bee, right? So the worker bee, right? We've all, we've all heard that term, right? You're a worker bee, right? Working way too much, right? But they are diligent not only to bring the nectar, but they are loyal to the queen bee. They are loyal and they are committed to building that hive that produces that beautiful uh, that beautiful ministry, that beautiful honey that we love, to, that we enjoy so much. There's like 20,000 different types of bees. Can you believe that? 20,000. Just like in the church, there's such diversity. You know, some people think, oh, it's the pastor's job to do this, this, and this, right? Um, it's the pastor's job to visit people, to preach, to, to do this, that, and this, and the other. And it's like the emphasis is only on the pastor. But in the in the colony of bees, if we could say it, there is a diversity and job for, and role for each person, right? So I remember a guy telling me in Baltimore recently, so I just come, I just come to eat the donuts and drink the coffee. And I said, that's great. That's great. Enjoy that. <laughs> as you get to know the glory of God, as you get to know who you are in Christ, your ministry will grow and he'll give you, he'll give you a, a heart to listen to a brother. He'll give you the desire to serve a brother. He'll give you the burden to take off burdens uh, from others. And that's why I, I loved, I was talking with, I think her name is Deborah, right? Deborah there working with the cafe. Uh, she had such a great spirit preparing the coffee and, and preparing all that goes on. Like those little things done with great love have amazing impact, right? Isn't that true? So, so my ministry is to the Lord. I'm learning him. I'm fellowshipping with him. And then I become a fellow worker of the truth. Why? Because it's an overflow. It's an overflow of what I'm doing. Because if I treat church like I treat my job, then, then that can be stressful and, and not really enjoyable. But if we come and say, the greatest thing I can do today is be loved by God. The greatest thing I can do today is receive the glory of God for my life. The greatest thing I can do today is not only receive it, but reflect it, right? I can reflect it to other people. Because this is the greatest thing, right? This is the greatest thing our world needs. Our world is crippled by anxiety, crippled by fear, crippled by guilt, crippled by shame. And I don't have the answers. You don't have the answers. But the Bible is the great agent of life-giving ministry. It's the honey. It's the honey. It's the tremendous honey of, of God. Okay, look at Acts chapter 2. How you doing? You doing all right? You still with me? Yes. All right, you're such good listeners. 
Acts chapter 2. Um, Acts chapter 2 here. I love what's said here in verse 42. So we're being discipled in grace. It means discipleship is like we're being shaped, right? We're being shaped into something, right? And um, if I was to say today, what are you being shaped as, right? Uh, any Anybody working with pottery knows that the potter's wheel and the hands of the potter, there's a pressure and there's a, a plan in his heart how to shape this mold of, of clay that doesn't look like much, but it's going to come out in the image of the one who is spinning the wheel. Isn't that good? Like we are reflecting the goodness of God. We're reflecting the grace of God. We're reflecting the wisdom of God. We're in an age where wisdom, truth has fallen in the streets. Have you noticed that? It's crazy. And we can live, I can live very reactive to that, but God's like, that's not reflecting my glory. How about respond to me and initiate my glory and the light and the life of the gospel will uh, really reach people that are so hungry for something different, for something real, right? All right, Acts 2.42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs, and were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. That's a big statement, right? They were together. Oneness, that's so, so valuable. The devil fights against oneness, but they were together as one uh, and had all things in common and sold the possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so continually daily, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So when you think about a church planter, uh, it's quite unique, just like maybe someone that starts a business, maybe someone that is um, an entrepreneur, they're starting something where there was nothing, right? What is it? The person has a, they have a simple uh, plan in their heart of they're seeing what's not been developed yet. They are seeing something that has not yet come to pass. And I think in the church, this is one of the most beautiful things in discipleship is we're seeing something in others that God sees in our, in our own life, right? We're seeing value. We're seeing, we're seeing the, the importance of that person in the body. And we're saying, listen, we want you here. Uh, we are celebrating Christ in your life. We need your, your testimony. Lizzie had a great testimony last night. It really blessed me to hear her. You know, Colton, I think Colton's here today. Same thing, it's like your story really reflects the glory of God. Your story reflects God's faithfulness, right? So when we walk out glory, it's not sameness, right? It's not sameness. We're not all the same. And that's the beauty of it, right? Some of you are from California. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're from in one regard. We're all the same in that in that sense. But we're walking out glory and saying, listen, we're learning Christ, right? Matthew 11, 28, we are learning him. And not only that, but we're reflecting him. It's interesting, when you look at a reflector, a reflector doesn't do much. A reflector stands there 
And it has that prism inside of it. And when the light hits it, it just simply reflects, right? And that's, that's exactly our life. Uh, and we are reflecting the beautiful lights of God. Okay, let's look at John chapter 3. I'm almost done here. Maybe. Actually, I'm just starting to enjoy this. How are you doing? You good for a few more minutes? Should we take a vote? <laughs> Cyril says we're good. Okay. All right. John 3.30. This, is, this verse struck me this morning. I was, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, John, when you look at the John the Baptist, when you think of his life, listen to these words, 27 through 30. Um, look at these verses. Because walking out glory, walking out glory when there's failure. Like my faith really is clear in how I handle somebody in failure. Right? How I handle myself in failure. Like how big is my God? Is my God, is he just a rule follower? Or is my God the God of all grace that teaches me to deny ungodliness, right? Like how I handle my brother or how I handle my sister, how I handle uh, the person I'm looking at. Loving them, I love what, um, what Kim said last night, loving people where they are, that is like the, a glorious ministry in the church and in our communities. You know, during covid we um, uh, we just gave out care packages to our neighborhood and to our neighbors, and that was such an interesting time, wasn't it? Uh, interesting is not the word I want to use, but it's uh, a good one. <laughs> uh, what a what a time we have! What a ministry opportunity we have for people right now that um, need to to be reassured that God is in control. All right, look at John 3.27. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. There's our ministry right there. So take the pressure off yourself. I'm taking the pressure off myself, right? I can do this Christian life. Whoa. That's like, that, 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 that's a place of, of uh, naturalness. But, but he's saying here, uh, you, you yourselves bear me witness that I say I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And these are the words. These are words maybe we've heard a lot of times, but he must increase and I must decrease. Now we can get that backwards. We can say, "Oh, I got to decrease. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to cut this back. I got to deny this. I got to do this." No, no, no. That's the wrong order. As Christ increases, the the effect is we decrease. And this is the greatest element of discipleship, personally. As Christ is increasing in our life, and how do things increase in our life? Well, maybe we give them more attention. Maybe we spend more time thinking about them. Maybe it's something that we put our time and our value and our energy in, and things things expand, right? Like a balloon, like we blow in, we blow air into the the, the piece of rubber that's deflated. We blow it in, and it, it's, it becomes 10, 15 times greater than what it started in. As Christ increases, we decrease. So, what a great testimony today! 
What a great testimony. The B is so small, but their ministry is so great. And it's not just one B, right? It's thousands of bees. Think of that. 2,400 flowers for one tablespoon of honey. That's astronomical, right? 2,400 different... Think about one place to another. It's like the increase is is the ministry of the Spirit. It's the increase is the work of the Spirit. And what happens to us? We are growing in grace, growing in knowledge, growing in love, growing in peace, growing in faith, right? And that's why we're excited about Magnolia, right? And just the thousands of people that are moving here. Why? Because God has hand-picked people to grow with us, right? So let me just close with by saying this, increase. What's increasing in our life? Well, the world is increasing in, 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 uh, in anxiety. They're increasing in fear. They're increasing in worry. I was thinking about what happened with TikTok, not TikTok, uh, with Twitter and Facebook this past couple weeks. It's interesting, isn't it? Imagine getting an email that you lost your job. That's pretty, that's pretty intense, right? And we saw the testimonies of people obviously crying. And one lady said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now I lost my job. And we understand that that can be trouble, you know, traumatic. But what's increasing in my life as things change? Well, Christ wants to increase in our life. He wants to expand personal expansion to include other people. Isn't that amazing? Like we, as our life expands with God, we people are included. That's amazing, right? We begin to say, hey, wow, the world doesn't revolve around me. Praise the Lord. I, I can actually get to know, uh, I think it's, is it Josh, the man with the cross here? That's incredible. Like my life was expanded thinking about his ministry. I was like, wow. So as we're, we're increasing with God, we include other people and our life has an adventure. Our life has a great diversity. Our life shows a great big God. So our problems may increase, our cares may increase, but Christ is saying, let me increase. Let me be greater than those things. Let me show you that you have a ministry. Maybe, maybe you're thinking today, I don't really have a ministry. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I was with a couple, like I said this past week, in this new city that we're breaking ground in. And, you know, their idea was like, hey, I don't have much to offer. And I said, I said, you have so much in you that God wants to break the earthen vessel to pour out to others. You have so much in you. So just to kind of challenge us today, as you draw near to the sun, the glory of God will be so manifested in your life. Don't disqualify yourself, right? Don't disqualify, like I say that to myself today. Like you reflect the glory of God that nobody else reflects. You and I are unique. You and I are precious. You and I are really the the demonstration of the glory of God. So just as we close and think about these things, that's our prayer, isn't it? That the Lord would increase in our life. That doesn't mean I'm doing more. I really want to stress that. I don't want us to think I got to do more. Do, 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 do. Because that, that's kind of what happens in our natural mind. I want to say this. Behold more. Look more. Receive more. Reflect more. Be still more. Be quiet more. Like God really 
I want to see your glory. And then what will happen? Ministry will happen. Things will increase. And the, 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 the nasty habits and, and, the, and the strongholds will disappear. Why? Because God doesn't share his glory with anybody. <laughs> okay, Father, thank you for these words today. And that's our prayer today, Lord, that you would increase. And Father, we want to let you increase today by just saying, thank you, God. We need you. We need you. We want you. And thank you, Lord, today. I just ask that maybe there are people here in this room today that have burdens or challenges. Um, Maybe you didn't catch a whole lot of what we were saying today, but maybe you did. But just know that God looks at you with great love. He thinks about you with great love. He wants you to follow and know him in a deeper way. This is so vital in this day and age where people are giving up or they're walking away. God is saying, walk to me and I will fulfill you. I'll give you contentment. I will give you life. I'll give you purpose. I will give you uh, what your soul is starving for. Thank you, Lord, today. And maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're not 100% sure that you will be in heaven one day. Well, the glory of salvation is a free gift. It is a free gift that he is paid is with his own life and his blood. He is, uh, has forgiven and given a remission for sin. If you're not sure about your eternal salvation, just say yes to Jesus in your heart today. Say, Lord, I believe I receive you today in your sacrifice. And I trust you today. And he'll do that. He'll, he'll do a permanent work of salvation in your heart. Lord, thank you for each one in this room today. We bless the name in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you.